Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. Hello and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. This is episode number five, and I am your host, Ray Harkins. I just wanted to take the time to thank you for everybody that's been checking out the show. Uh, I've been receiving some cool feedback from people on Twitter and over email suggesting guests. You can follow us on Twitter at 100wordspodcast. And the email address is 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. And I respond to pretty much everything on both of those avenues. So feel free to hit me up. And I wanted to take the time to discuss with all of you folk why I'm doing this. Uh, Because I realize that some of you might listen to this and be like, is this really needed? Or maybe you just want to know why I decide to take time out of my day and talk to people about stuff that might be irrelevant to most of the world. Most musicians and people that do interviews on a semi-regular basis basically get hit up with the same questions over and over and over. Like, hey, how's your new record? And what makes this different from the last? And how was the last tour? And it's just really topical stuff that doesn't really give the artist or the person that's being interviewed a chance to kind of showcase, you know, who they are and obviously why they create the art that they do. You know, there are obviously some spaces in interviews that are able to expand, but I just feel that this medium of podcasting is absolutely perfect for that. Um, And it gives people the ability to kind of, you know, relax and let loose in a way because uh, sometimes when you're just like randomly thrown in an interview, 10 minutes before or after you play, um, you know, it does, it's not very conducive for that sort of really genuine conversation. So that's why this exists. And basically I just want to rip off one of my favorite podcasts that exists out there. 
the WTF show with Mark Marin. Um, he just does a really good job of being able to sit down with his fellow peers and, you know, sort through why they do what they do, you know, why they create their art, what makes them who they are, what makes them tick. And I just feel that musicians and people of independent culture and specifically like the DIY nature, um, because I think there's something so inherently compelling about a person doing something completely on their own and just trying to build something from the ground up. However modest their goals may be, um, I think it's just, there's just something that obviously keeps myself and I know a lot of other people involved with uh, independent culture. So there, that's basically why I want to do this show and why I want to bring this sort of content to you people. Um, so yeah, like I said, if you have any suggestions or feedback, I'll probably be taking those suggestions up until about episode 10, and then um, we'll probably be kind of locked into the uh, the format. But before we got into the interview portion of the show, I wanted to bring back my good friend Scott Arnold. Well, uh, what do you have for us today, Scott, that you would like to recommend to the world that they, uh, they can appreciate and uh, love? Uh, first of all, I'd like to dedicate this to Eugene Kim. My first record. Okay. I'm going to give you some descriptions. You tell me if you'd like it. Ooh, lo- I, I like where you're going already. Auto-tune. Okay. Groovy rhythms. Ooh. Shoegaze. And Nico Case. Wow. That sounds really interesting. And I'm not, I'm yes. really, I'm not being sarcastic. It is very interesting. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, then, I, I am interested in hearing further who this person may be. Well, I suggest you buy a little record called Lisa. Spell that for me. I don't even know how to spell it. Um, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, pol- okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Lisa. They actually... It's like perform- a Minnesota band. Yeah, they performed on... Um, I want to say they did Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, it wasn't very good. Oh, it was terrible? The record's awesome. Okay. Yeah, really good. It reminds me of kind of that uh, band Glaster or sure. Glazier. Sure. Really cool. Yeah, it's, so that's that. I did. I you mentioned that to me. I think last week at some point, and I did listen to the record, and it is on streaming services. If you subscribe to Spotify and or Ardio, you can find the record easily there. And yeah, why don't we give a shout out to Ardio too? We can. We fully we fully endorse that service. Yeah, well, anyway, this record, I think it's Polisa. I don't really know how to say it because it's got the weird uh, accent beneath the C. Is it the. I don't know what language that is. I don't know. I was about to say, is it the tilde? But tilde, that's for uh, that's for Espanol, and that's above the letter. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Maybe Italian? Okay. It's called Give You the Ghost. It's awesome. Check it out. Sounds good. Yeah. Are you, are you ever. Good question. Are you ever going to see them live? It takes a lot to get me to go to a concert these days. It, actually, you should probably frame it. It takes a lot to get you out of the house these days. Oh, that's not true. I know, I'm kidding. I go outside a lot. It takes a lot to get me out of my three-mile radius. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if, yeah. They play, if they play within three miles of your house, you might go see them. Or they're called the National. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, what else do you have for us? I have an application called, this is an iOS application for both the iPad and the iPhone, and it is called Stock Touch. The whole thing is a grid, right? And each 
each company becomes a square in the grid, and it's colored by either green when it's up and red when it's down, black when it's neutral. And basically, you can manipulate this entire grid and recategorize things and see how they relate. And then you can keep getting deeper into the grid, and then you see you know, how the stock is doing over time, relevant news stories, et cetera, et cetera. The interface is sort of the selling point. So it's like you quickly, without even seeing what you're looking at, you can see, wow, everything's red today. Shit hit the fan. Sure. Or there's, there's been a lot of suicides today. People are jumping off the top of buildings. Exactly. Interesting. And like, yeah, it's really cool. It's expensive. It's five bucks. Have you, uh, are you interested or are planning in investing in the stock market? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have some small stuff. What, just, do, you, uh, what do you have, like Halliburton? Yeah, a lot of Halliburton. <laughs> no, but seriously, what, what, what stocks do you have? What's your blue chips? I'm just kidding. It's just a mutual fund. Oh, got it, yes. Yeah. For, so it's for nothing your, I control. Okay, yeah, for your retirement right. plans and such. Right. Got it. Exactly. But no uh, no individual stocks in uh, Pets.com? No. I'm probably going to get in on Groupon right when it's at the bottom. Well, good. Thank you for those recommendations, Scott. Those are uh, exactly what you're brought on the show for, for varied and interesting recommendations. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) Today we'll be sitting down with Jesse Barnett, the vocalist from Orange County hardcore band Stick to Your Guns, who just put out their third full length uh, on Sumerian Records called Diamond. It's a pretty spectacular record. I recommend you checking it out. I've known Jesse for a while. I actually helped sign his band to Century Media Records a few years ago. And uh, I always really thought he was really cool. Uh, I mean, he's a younger kid, younger than I am. And uh, him and I immediately connected because I felt like he you know, embodied a lot of the same values that you know, I personally did when I first started to get into hardcore. Um, and it felt like he was uh, much older than his age indicated. And he's always been pretty outspoken about his band's views uh, and his own personal views. So I thought it'd be a really interesting conversation that we could have. You're joining us in the middle of a conversation that we're having about girls being on tour and trying to maintain relationships while on the road. That that was one of the things like when I, uh, just because I was like when, you know, whatever, maybe it was like when Taken it just kind of started to reach the point where it's like people knew who we were. Yeah. I was working at Bionic, the independent record store. Oh. And, and wasn't that in Fullerton? There was one in Fullerton. There was one in Huntington. Okay, yeah, I remember yeah. the one in Fullerton. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. And so it was funny because it's like, I was always like in high school and everything. It's like, I I had no problem like speaking to girls and like I had relationships, but I was always the type of guy when a girl showed me any attention, I was like, like, yeah, dude, like totally like, let's hang out. Like, I don't know why it was like, yeah. And I, and I don't really know why there was like a feeling of inadequacy from that point, but it was just like, and so then once the band reached some level of stature and then I had girls that were talking to me just for that reason. Yeah. But again, I'm from that standpoint. Yeah, like you're, exactly. And so I was just like, yeah, of course I'll hang out with you. And then I realized like, you know, whatever we would make out. And then like, you know, a few weeks later, I was like, these girls suck. Like yeah. they're, they're like, or they were, they're nothing behind them. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, I was like a 
you know, a puzzle piece for their whatever they were looking for. And it was just Scrap like or whatever. totally like some story that they could tell their girlfriends. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like it, it it boggled my mind where it was like that was their goal. Yeah. And so it's like Which is crazy. because that was the same way, like when we first started going on tour, the same thing. And I would do who knows what with cool. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it would just I would be like I love this girl. Right. You know I mean? You'd be like, like, I am into you. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a like, feeling. Yeah, like, you live in Seattle, I live in North Carolina. Hey, we'll make it work. Whatever. Right, right, right. And they're just kind of just like, all right, see ya. Like, you know, you, you stayed at my house for the night. Bye. And I was just like, broke my heart. Right. It was like a, it was like a role <laughs> reversal. Like, usually the guys, it's like the guys are the ones that are like, I'll roll the dump for a night. I'll yeah. totally nails chicken guy. Move on the next it's one. weird, man. It's really weird. Well, I think that just speaks to the... Uh, your sensitive nature like i mean i've i mean by the way we're recording i know obviously i'll, I'll oh yeah, no, no, it's fine. but the <laughs> how i've always known you like my first experience was like stick to your guns and the kind of you in general was um obviously like when i was working at the label and like talking to you guys just from like a signing perspective from century yeah, i remember we were talking about with uh, abacus yeah, yeah, yeah that was the first time i met you yeah, like yeah. when you guys came, came up to the office and everything and then we ate at the shitty airport diner <laughs> Because I thought that would be funny to take man's to for some reason. And so, yeah, I was remembering, it was like, yeah, it was you. I'm pretty sure your old drummer, Casey, was there. Yeah, and I'm pretty... Justin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the thing was also Pat. Pat. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I just remember meeting you guys. And it's like, I had, um, I was aware of the band, obviously, prior to that. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting because I always found, <clears throat> what I had known from Six to Your Guns beforehand was the fact that, you know, you guys were, for all intent and purposes, like, you know, a comeback kiddish type hardcore band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But you didn't play those type of shows, you know? Yeah. It's like you played whatever was available, which Absolutely. which at the time was, you know, whatever, metallic-ish hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, and so then, and then, like, meeting you guys and getting to know you over the course of that time, it was, uh, it was an interesting juxtaposition. Anyways, so what I always found interesting about you guys was the fact that you, you've never, I mean, you are a hardcore kid, tried and true. Like, <laughs> you, I mean, but you like, obviously, other styles of music. Absolutely. And, I mean, you're wearing an MDC shirt. And you're seeing Thrice tonight. There's, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Wearing my MDC shirt at Thrice show. Right. <laughs> and I always found it interesting where it was like, you, you always wore your influences in your sleeve and you didn't make, you didn't hide, you know, like, where you come from and what you are. But then the, you know, the, whatever i'm going to use a band like trapped under ice as an example like the, the kids that are into trapped under ice would turn their nose at stick to your guns absolutely like and so did you kind of did you feel that pretty much since the beginning uh well it was weird because um you know growing like going to showcase theater when i was growing up getting dropped off by our friend's parents or whatever right in fucking minivan you know uh as embarrassing as that was but you know, you do anything for hardcore uh -huh. so just go in there and then see you know there was a bill like hurricane rana every time i died bleeding through h envisions martyr ad whatever right that was actually an actual show that i went to i remember it was still to this day one of the most insane shows yeah music. so seeing a bunch of different styles like that in a bill i don't think happens as often anymore and i, I felt I like that happened a hell of a lot more than it does now sure um and uh so when we started our band we kind of just instead of we kind of just took every every genre that was happening that night and just kind of mixed it into one like clusterfuck. Sure. And so, but to me, it took a while of us touring to realize. And I think it was when we did a tour. We did like a week tour with uh, Warriors and Blacklisted. Yep. Um, that's when it really became like 
known to me because to me i was always like oh we're just we're this is what we're doing i'm just doing what right i thought i was supposed to be doing you know what i mean I yeah, yeah yeah i had to be told that we're not a hardcore band at first you know what i mean I right like, okay well i'm just do- i'm just pretty much just mimicking everything i saw at sure theater. well th- i mean that's what you're supposed to do when you're a kid absolutely totally. <clears throat> and i think it was it was, I mean, I don't mean to name names in a bad way or anything, but George from Blacklisted. Right, right, right. That's the singer, right? You're right, yeah. Uh, everyone else in the band was super cool. And George, not that he wasn't cool, but he was very just like standoffish, you know? He's he, a very strange character to be Absolutely, with. right. Which, which I later found out. <laughs> uh, but everyone in the band was so fucking nice to us, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, <laughs> actually, a little side note really quick. Sure. They actually, uh, the guitar player and one other guy, were staring at me for mm-hmm. the first three or four days, like in a not a cool way. And I was just going, oh fuck. Yeah, you're like sucks. cool. Like, yeah, exactly. And eventually, we were we were playing at uh, the Boardwalk in, in like Sacramento, Orangevale, or whatever. Right. And he's like, "Yo, come here." I forget his name. Fuck, it's gonna suck. I'm just like, oh shit, here we go. You know, and I'm, I'm right. Like, I'm super young. Still, I was very young. Totally. At the time, so I was scared shitless. And he goes, "What's up?" I'm like. Just touring with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And then so we, we introduced ourselves. He goes, you look just like a guy my girlfriend cheated on me with. Ooh. He was like, I was like, oh, fuck. So that basically explained to me why he... So, right, right, right. I mean, obviously, if, a girl, if my girlfriend cheated on me with a guy who looked like another guy, I would automatically for, just have a yeah. dislike for the... You know what I mean? Don't like you. Exactly. But uh, they ended up being the coolest guys, and then they just, you know... But anyway, so yeah. So it was, like, it was pretty much around that time... Did, did like did George say something specifically? He didn't really to you? say anything or it was specific just the attitude. But someone had told me, or something. Yeah, like George said, like something about us being a fake hardcore band, right? Or right, whatever, right. you know, sure, or whatever. Maybe. Which I mean, I, I understand. Like being from from more hardcore now that I've grown and learned more about hardcore, and every day I'm learning more about hardcore. Right. It's like I can understand how hardcore started, and it's supposed to be this very tight knit club of people that you right. know and they're supposed to say fuck you to everything that's not hardcore so I, I understand it from that point right but if we're facing facts it's just not how it is anymore it's not you know it's like mm-hmm. I'm talking with bill stevenson when when he was telling me about all the stories about him being in black flag and, and descendants which was just the fucking craziest thing oh in the i world. can imagine just even just sitting and talking to him uh he's just he was just like you know it's it's nowadays it's just different not right. that it's better or worse or anything it's just yeah. different and every you know every generation it's just going to get more and more different so of course coming from someone like bill stevenson who's actually i feel allowed to say something like that yeah you're like, and a guy you've done a few things yeah absolutely and a guy who i feel is allowed to be i very rarely find people who i, I think are allowed to be elitist or about music and stuff like that right um <clears throat> He's one of them, sure. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's there. You get the pass. Exactly. Sure. He's allowed to, but he's not. You know what I mean? Right. And he came in, I remember the first couple of days he came into the room. And he, he's funny because he'll always enter a room. Like, he'll we won't, he'll go home for the night. Then he'll come back to, to work. But he enters the room mid-conversation like he never left. So that's that was awesome. I loved it. It was never that's like so a cool. weird, like, hey, so what's up? It was just like, right, right. He'll just walk in the door. Hey, have you guys heard this band Misery Signals? You know what I mean? <laughs> and to him, this whole... Oh, he's unwrapping like, like a oh, scene. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That he has no idea that he started. You know what I mean? That, right. In, in one way or another. Of course. Um, so, and then he's like, that's just like, that's my new favorite band. That's the craziest thing ever. And just, it's weird hearing someone like Bill Stevenson, who was in these bands, saying that Misery Signals is his new favorite band. That's really weird. You know what I mean? So, it's just, yeah, he, he it's just, you know. So, that, he, like, that having that conversation was a pretty, like, obviously leveling experience it, for you? It became... For me, it was like I was okay. You know, it just made me feel okay. Like, right. Like this fucking dude who started this whole thing that I love right. pretty right. much. Um, you know, he, 
he's just he's just he was just a stand-up dude and it made me feel better about the whole situation yeah yeah, yeah. the recording experience you know because obviously i have the hardcore fantasy because it's like you said it's like i've been going to hardcore shows for you know it's weird because all these kids who like you said turned their nose to us who were like yeah man i've been going to hardcore shows since 2008 it's like my band started in 2003 right and right. Then i was going to hardcore shows you know at least since 1999 it's like how am i not allowed in your club you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? it's like oh totally it's weird it's like this part i feel like i was this kid who's been going to this party this this entire time and then all of a sudden i show up one day and they're like yeah sorry yeah well I, <laughs> using using that same analogy it's definitely like you you're in another room and you're like having fun yeah and then it's like that you try to go you know like you walk through a hallway to go to a bathroom and then like you get stared down in that hallway and you're just like yo really like what I, i've been here for years dude oh, absolutely yeah and that, that's i always found that interesting so i mean i think what it but also just a more a maturity thing for me just to kind of drop the hardcore fantasy thing like we're we're not going to be accepted by those kids, which is fine because those kids don't buy records. Sure. You know what I mean? At least not like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I totally understand what you're saying. So, or or even, you know, so or whatever. Um, and you're, yeah, you're not saying it's like, well, those kids don't buy records, so fuck that. Yeah, it's like, no, absolutely. It's like they're they're not really going to... They're just kind of into the flavor of the month anyway, which I am completely guilty of that all the time. Of course. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, there's there's like kids who like, I don't know how we, we've somehow managed to start this little cult following of people yep. who were, were really... Uh, done insane things like tattoo our lyrics or our logo on them you know what i mean so right. it's like you know it's crazy because i you know i have a propaganda tattoo and terror tattoo and i just think oh it's normal you know what i mean but when people do that with my band i just think it's the most insane thing. yeah you're like <laughs> really yeah no because, because I mean, it's just right crazy yeah i think that i'm the way i feel about propaganda someone feels that way about my band it's just Right. It's too much to grasp. Yeah, yeah. You know you, I mean, so. you won't be able to comprehend it for another <laughs> 10 to 15 years. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and so were you were you always, like, were you born and raised in Southern California? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was born in Long Beach. Okay. And then I was taken to my home in Costa Mesa. Okay. Right. <laughs> I was taken to my home. That's very formal. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't live in Long Beach. Right, right, right. right. Uh, why we went, why I was born there, I don't know. But then uh, I lived in Costa Mesa, like right by Triangle Square, okay. for um, maybe till I was like six or something. And then we did the whole South County thing where I lived in Ranch Santa Margarita for a while. Sure. For a while, I mean like 18 years. Right, right. For a while, <laughs> a as in my while. formative years. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then now I'm back in Huntington Beach. and uh, Sure. It's weird being back about Huntington and like Costa Mesa area because it's like, you know, like when I was there, I was so young. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you don't really, I don't feel, especially with me who has the worst memory ever. You don't really remember a lot of things, but weird shit starts coming back to you. It's like deja vu. Yeah, exactly. It's like crazy. And I went to my old street, too. And I went and saw my old house that I grew up in. And, and like, I'll do that every once in a while. Right. And uh, it's just weird because it's like I thought my house was so big. (laughs) Yeah. The tree in the front was enormous. Right, right. And now I go back, I'm like, that's just the normal house. (laughs) I'm almost taller than this tree. Right, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So it's crazy, man. It was, uh, I like doing that kind of shit. I'm sure the people who live there are probably like, yeah, who's that? Who's that, that guy? That <laughs> Every week, it's like seriously, that guy with tattoos is out front again. Should we call the cops again? Yeah, man, I just have a lot, a lot of good memories there. So uh, yeah, it's it's cool being back up in in this area. I really like it. Yeah, that's cool. And so, did you um like when did you kind of you know like how was your high school experience and kind of family life and like when did you when did music kind of become a part of your life from that perspective? Well, very young. I had a sister. Unfortunately, uh, it's not unfortunately, fortunately, right. and an older brother, fortunately, who, who I didn't like, you find, uh, I didn't find hardcore through like corn and Limp Biscuit. you know okay. what I mean, Where, which I'm not knocking you if you did, right, right. but I had an older sister who had Black Flag and Minor Threat and Suffolk's Hurt cassette tapes, and a brother who grew up just 
you know, bleaching his hair, skateboarding, and he was a fat records kid. You yeah. Know what I mean, so it's like, oh, dude, those are. I mean, both of those are amazing entry points. Absolutely. So it's just like I, I think I got lucky with with like, got getting to enter through that area, and I think that's why where at least Seekerance punk influence definitely comes from too. Where, um, that that whole thing was very important to me. So it's like, I don't know I think it's weird when when I hear bands that are like people are like, oh, check out this band. I can't even give an example right now. But, right. And I'll listen to them, and they, you know, they sound like Minor Threat or whatever, because that's just like, it's, right. it's just cool to do that or or, or whatever. And I, I'm just like, well, I've, you know, I've listened to this record, I've listened to this type, this type of music since I was very young. Even. Right. You know what I mean? So it's almost just like played out for me. Of course. So, um, whereas you know, you know, <laughs> it's, I'm trying to not sound bitter because I'm definitely not or jaded, but it's right, just right. like, you know, you know, when the American Hardcore DVD came out, and then 150 bands started just yes. trying to rip off Negative Approach or whatever. Of course. So. Uh, you know that whole thing became when that when that DVD came out. I even called that with my friends. Like, watch all these fucking right. bands start because of this DVD, and sure enough, it did. And, oh, uh, totally! It just pissed me off that it was just like everyone thought that was the coolest fucking thing. And just yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they no, but they, <laughs> so your 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 brother and sister they both like how much older were they than you? My older sister is very. Uh, she's with her being she lived in Japan for a while, and right. living in Florida. And okay, she's actually my half sister. Okay, her mom, same dad. Um, She's mid thirties. Okay, like, sure, sure. I, I'm, I'm 24. Sure, and my brother is 28. So, so did you feel that they kind of like did they sort of take you under their wing in a way where they were kind of like exposing you to these records, or were, did you just kind of see it in their collection? And you're like, that looks cool. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely my bro- my sister never really lived with us. I mean, she lived with us in our old house in Costa Mesa. Got but it. When we moved into our other place, she never lived with us. Got it. Um, so the more my brother, and you know. Him being a teenager, he can't. You can't listen to records at normal volume. No, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> he's in his room. I have no other choice but to hear. You're, it. Like, <laughs> you're like through osmosis. I'm listening to these records, even though I, I have no choice. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And uh, you know, and so I, everything he did, it got to the point where he would have to tell my mom, like, you know, he needs to chill out because, like, he would buy a shirt, I'd go buy the same shirt. He buy oh, shoes, buy the same okay, shirt. He was, yeah, he was yeah. an enormous. Anything he did, I literally would go, okay. uh cool guy that new skateboard guy yeah. get that you know what i mean very mom, calculated right and my mom would go like okay well you know it's fair you know you, and then but then it looks you know he he leaves his room in the morning and sees me looking exactly like him he's like what the fuck man you know it's hard to have yeah, your own yeah. style and <laughs> like yo my little brother's biting biter, yeah. right, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible so, yeah so just like were you so were you in like were you in junior high when this stuff started to kind of first happen for you or like early high school? No, that, that was like elementary school. Oh wow, like really, that's impressive. Really young, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, junior high is that's when I started getting like very. Uh, I got very James Hard about life. Okay. And uh, um, you know, I fucking had the the black hair with the streak in the front. You know, sure, the red sure. streak in the front. Of or course. Whatever, that whole fashion thing, creepers. Sure. Which I was happy to say that I was a scene kid before, like the whole scene thing became well, like, enormously huge. Yeah. You know I mean? <clears throat> so uh, that's that was me in junior high, and then in, in uh, high school it became like the more like uh, hardcore kid. I yeah, guess. You yeah, know, yeah. While still listening to you know, while still loving eighteen visions and stuff, but sure, more sure. just like you know. That that you, you you adapted your style at Absolutely. that point, like yeah. you when you started to because obviously all you all you do in elementary school, junior high, and most of high school is just like figure yourself out. Absolutely. <laughs> so and and then even stuff like uh, I, one of my best friends, Noah, mm-hmm. who was the original bass player of, of Safety Guns, you know, his parents would take us to the Monterey Jazz Festival oh, and cool. stuff like that. So we it's just like you said, just so much music all the time. You right. know what I mean? So it was never it was never just hardcore for me mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
which I thought was cool because you know I, I mean punk has always stayed like propaganda will always be my favorite band just for the fact of yeah right now at this moment I might want to listen to someone else instead of propaganda but they have remained oh yeah you know what I mean remain like, constant exactly so it's like the punk and hark will always be like that for me yeah until I'm dead but of there's course. definitely gonna be like okay I'm, I'm done with this right now I'm gonna put in some Adele or whatever it is right you're always gonna view yourself a hardcore kid because that's the framework in which you were raised in regardless of if you're listening to you know saggy rose or whatever it's no, like no absolutely and it was, it was uh it's weird too because even just like when i thought i was straight edge was because i found and then from being like a you know a punk i mm-hmm. guess you could say sure uh, <laughs> i found out my other friends you know what i mean where that's how i found all my friends in, in junior high because they're brothers same thing you know what i mean yeah, all yeah. their brothers were listening to the same shit so um that's how i found all my friends and then i found out what straight edge was and that's when i was just like someone explained that to me and i was just like God, you're like that's me yeah exactly it's yeah. just like this is was this is me i just didn't know how to say it you know what i mean right right so that that was awesome and then had all the older brothers you know and it's weird because like all of the friends that i had the group i had gone into all of their older brothers were friends or my brother was never part it was never you know what i mean so yeah like, we'd always hang out it was it was really weird they even went to the uh santa margarita catholic uh fucking high school oh okay yeah, yeah. all together but they were all straight edge, and my brother were like smoke pot or whatever. Sure. So I, that was obviously a right. big no no. Right. <laughs> you don't cross those lines. Yeah, absolutely. We can't we can't speak to a person who smokes weed, especially in high school, because we are very straight edge. <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah, it's just so. When, when did uh did you like as you were kind of developing this? Like, did you always have the idea like I really want to play in bands and like I want to start to put this together? Or yes. how did that how did that kind of well, me and my brother, I remember me and my brother wrote a punk song about me burning down a school. Uh, Impressive. My school. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> Some shit like that. Yeah. It was stupid. But uh, but that started real, that was, like, like I said, really fucking young. So uh-huh. uh, I think I always wanted to. And then see my brother being in all these different punk bands and my brother having band practice too. Also, all other things that influenced sure. the music part of it. You know what I mean? Like. I remember uh, their drummer came over to, the, to, our, to our house and he had, he had like one tattoo. And I remember being like, oh. you know, like the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you know like, I mean? like a new dawn and come yeah. up. Oh, I see. Like he came in, he had like dyed hair and like little plugs and a tattoo. And I remember looking at my mom like, is he allowed in our house? Like, you know what I mean? Because I figured <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. my mom totally. kind of viewed things at that point where I think she's, you know, look at me now. It's like <laughs> she's completely desensitized. She looks at it like art now. You know what I mean? Sure. Whereas before she was just like, I yeah. got tattooed. You know, it was the fucking end of my life. Right, right, right. But, um, so that was like, holy shit. And then so I would just watch them practice in the garage and then, um, you know, they would cover like Voice It's Fire too. So that's, oh, okay. you know, it slowly just kind of became a thing into just whatever it is now. Right. Um, Did you pick up an instrument around that time too? Yeah, guitar. And and the cool thing about, which was, I I was talking about this with my girlfriend recently, it's weird because my parents never really played instruments, except for like in high school, you know, like, oh, I'm in bands. So. Yeah, I'm playing clarinet or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm on play clarinet. And, uh, but like, we always had guitars and piano and drums and trumpet. Stuff and was had, sitting around. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, now I think about it now, like, why would yeah. that, you know what I mean? Is there, are like, these suggestions? <laughs> like, I don't, is this, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I just learned pretty much guitar from my brother. I was, well, <clears throat> My mom got us both lessons. She's like, hey, what do you guys want to do? And ultimately, like I was saying before, my brother said guitar, so I immediately like, said guitar. Yeah, guitar. <laughs> uh, my brother's like, fuck, dude. He's like, all right, how about this? You play drums, you take drum lessons, I'll right. take guitar lessons, and that way we can play together. And then I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes. Great suggestion. Yeah. yeah. So I did drum lessons, and then you know, that lasted a month. <laughs> that shit just got, it just got, 
I don't know. I just got weird because if she was trying to teach me like a, the, you know, obviously the classical style. If she didn't know, I just right. Would go, ah! yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but but luckily she just I learned a couple lessons and I took it from there. And drums was my first uh, was my first uh, instrument and I played drums in a bunch of bands and, and stuff like that. So what was it? What was your what was your first band? What was the first band you you sunk your teeth into? The first band that I ever played in was a band called Until Death We Part. Ooh, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I remember. I really, uh, you know, Rolly. Yes. He's actually, he was texting me. Okay. He, uh, he, I remember he was like, I loved him. Cause he was in, what was it? Fallen Angel. Yep. And all those bands. Um, so that, that whole like metal core style, sure, sure. you know what I mean? Uh, became, that's what I just latched on to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So hard. Especially with, and, and I think the reason for that was because I was a drummer. Those style of drums were just more interesting to me. 100%. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it became a, what was that? Troy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was he play drums taken? Yep. And also bleeding through and yep. all that shit. I yep. thought he was just like, you know. Oh, like, he's a ridiculous drummer. shit, yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, like watching him play and, and stuff like that. So that, all that kind of music just became way more interesting to me. <clears throat> Where now as I'm older, I think like the more the more a drummer can just like hold it together. As yeah, yeah. Being a show off. Sure. Is uh, that style. Right. Is, I mean, and that's what you learn as you get older. Yeah, of course. Right, right. So I think that, yeah, I think, and then just playing. Did you guys, did you guys play out and everything like that? What do you mean? Like, like, did you guys play shows with the first band and everything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We played a bunch of shows. And okay. It was weird. And... So that, and that was kind of like your, your first experience. And so like, once you, like, once you played those first couple shows, you were pretty much like, was that, was that it? You're like, all right, like, this is pretty oh, much what yeah, I wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it was actually the drummer of my brother's old band. I was saying with a tattoo. Okay. Sang. Okay. For this band. So, uh, did, and that was cool did your that, brother play in that band with yeah, you? Yeah, he played guitar as well. So he had always, he, I was I'm surprised of, your brother never killed you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, not in a bad way, but just like, I mean, like, I mean, because you guys have, I mean, I know, like, obviously I know casually your relationship and oh, seeing the way that you guys are with one another. <clears throat> um, but it, it's just funny because you had, like. I think weed for that. Because I feel like if he. <laughs> <laughs> If he was a straight edge kid, he would have fucking murdered me. By That's so, if he had the mellowing agent of weed, yeah. he was able to tolerate he all that. He would just be like, fuck this dude. Just like, you know, smoke or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, all right, it's not that big deal. Right, 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 right. You know? That's pretty cool. So, so then when, so then, still, like, he's teaching me how to surf right now. Like, we've been, you know, whatever that thing, which I'm sure has got to be frustrating as well. So, sure. He's always just been, he's been a really good, a really good brother. So, uh, that's great. You know, and he's, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He's played the Stick to Your Guns. You know, we, we right. went to Colombia, down South America with us. And right. Did a bunch of U.S. tours. And right, right, right. So he, he's been awesome. But and so uh, when did uh, so when did the kind of formation of Stick to Your Guns start to you know set in? I was playing in a band called Sydney Raven. Okay. And uh, playing drums, and then I, I remember talking with him like, "Hey, I'm gonna start like I'm just gonna start with the band." The, the intention at first was Hatebreed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think, I think everyone and did you and you wanted to sing for that like or did you I was playing guitar actually. okay I was got gonna, it I wanted to play guitar because the drum thing I was liking mm-hmm. I was getting just kind of bored you know mm-hmm. what I mean like after because playing the same like over and over and over you know what I mean so it's just like I'm kind of over this right and so I was like okay I'm gonna the band and they all made fun of me for like saying like oh yeah whatever dude sure good luck with that yeah exactly type of thing. Like not like maliciously, you know, right, 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 right. I wasn't like a victim of anything, but <laughs> yeah, they were definitely just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, and that kind of, I did a three song demo. My brother, luckily at the time, was 
It's weird. Now that I'm saying this out loud, he's always just there. Yeah, yeah, he's always there. Like, he, whatever you need, like, he fills that role. That's, That's great, it's though. It's crazy, because yeah, yeah. he was doing Pro Tools. He had just learned how to start doing Pro Tools. <laughs> Fucking insane. I'm not thinking yeah. about it right now. But, uh, so I was like, yeah, I want to record this demo or whatever. <clears throat> he's like, all right, so I did drums, bass, guitar, and uh, I didn't really have, I didn't do any vocals or anything on it. I didn't really mm-hmm. know what I wanted to do. But eventually I was like, fuck it, I'll write some lyrics or whatever and i did these vocals i did this demo and me and my friend noah mm-hmm. we had the intention of being a straight edge band okay but my friend noah wasn't straight edge right and we couldn't find any other bass players and like, fuck it you can do like, it okay it just won't be straight edge sure you know sure I mean? sure so and then we started going to shows like death star or whatever you know right flying down the street from us and then just putting all the demos and people's fucking oh really yeah so like, like we, dropping we them off that and... whole thing right? yeah 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 hustling or sure, <laughs> whatever sure. you want to call it so you guys were just dis- like distributing them to some you know bands in the area just to like kids. like yeah. to like play shows or to like look for other members we did that once and it was for me it's very uh it's it was especially at that time it was very hard for me to put myself out there like that of course so i did it once and even like i got so like yeah a dirty feeling almost from it not like <laughs> i felt like i was pouring myself out because i wasn't charging any money for it <laughs> right but I, you know so it's just whatever so we just started hopping on these shows mm-hmm and then, sure enough, one thing led to another. There, I remember I gave the uh, the demo to one of my friend of mine who was called Bubba, and I think he calls himself Adrian now. Mm-hmm. Uh, who he played and he was playing in Seven Generations and stuff like. He was like the part of the whole Dana Point. Crew. Sure, sure. And I, remember I gave it to him, and he was definitely he's always been like the most like on point hardcore kid, you know, what I mean? he's <laughs> right. like true hardcore kid and stuff like that. So I gave it to him, and he was like, "Yeah, this is cool," you know. He's like, "It's straight edge death metal," you right. know. It's what he called it, just like <laughs> yeah. poking me. And I was like, yeah, whatever, you fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he he was always really cool too. He was super supportive, which I was blown away by. Now that I like look back, real, on it. yeah, look yeah. back on it and realize. And uh, you know, all, there was a bunch of kids, Sean Aguilar and, and some other some other kids. They're they're playing, I think they're playing a band called like Archetypes right now, or oh, okay. something like that. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> and. Uh, yeah, we did, we played a show at Club Pearl. You remember that place? It's oh, now, it's now you know uh, Lake Forest Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh yeah, that used to be a place called Club Pearl, where it was like weird. A, it was like a club. Okay, like yeah. Somehow, some of course, some whatever. There's a open room. Some shitty hardcore kids. Sure. Well, of course they'll be like. <laughs> well, especially especially in Southern Orange County, where yeah. it's like because there's no venues. Yeah, obviously. So so we played there, and our first show, there was people there, and they were just hitting each other or whatever and mm-hmm. it was just weird you know we got on a bunch of shows and and was it like you were basically just kind of like it, you and Noah were at the core and you kind of were just like filling people in as were you still doing guitar at the time obviously uh no actually i just i yeah i kind of skipped some parts where i just eventually said fuck it i'll sing okay but casey i had known him through uh you know my parents would take me to church all the time and i was, I was okay. very involved in church at uh at that time in my life mm-hmm. um not that i was a christian but it was kind of just like I still had it very drilled into my head where it's like, I should just do this whole thing on Sunday because right. if I don't, I'll go to hell. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's why now I'm so not bitter, but just outspoken kind of against those kinds sure. of things because I was, you know, forced as a kid right, to right. do that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, so I met Casey and Casey was an awesome drummer. And he was, a, he was just this kid who was just like, he skated and he was pretty much like semi-professional. Like the kid would just, the things he could do on a skateboard blew my mind. Really? Especially for then, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, but then, you know, he could play any instrument, mm-hmm. and I showed him Killing Theory. Okay. Of course. <laughs> I showed him Killing Theory. Hey, learn this. Yeah, and then he, he's like, oh, he, that's when he, he'd ever, first ever heard of Blast Beat. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
what is he doing? Like, he didn't get it, you know what I mean? Then right. I, I showed him, like, yeah, you just go really fast, and then the feet go with the sticks or whatever, or the, the you know. Yeah. And then he, of course, it took him 30 minutes, and he was just like, <laughs> like he's just he nailed it yeah, yeah still is that way you know what yeah. I mean um so I was just like this kid who's the only I don't want to call it hardcore but like you know that style of right aggressive music that he's ever heard is uh killing theory sure and so eventually like I, I started I started kind of like twisting him more toward like showing him like Christian hardcore so right. he'd be more like into it you know like sure. Oaks Fall and Right, right, right. Or, or, you know, that whole... Like thing. a comfortable transition. Exactly, sure. exactly. <clears throat> and so he just, you know, he... he, he uh, I kind of suckered him into that way, and then he just... He was the drummer, and then we got our friend, uh, dude, Justin, who I went sure. to school with, and mm-hmm. he uh, played... So people just kind of started to yeah, fill yeah, in exactly. those roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything like that, so... Uh, yeah, and then we played these shows, and with those with those dudes, and when we started touring, it's kind of when it all started, like, kind of falling apart, because Curtis is like, I'm a grown person, I can't be doing this, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. How is he to know that... It took it would you know, it took this long for us to even start trying to make some sort of living off of it. You know what I mean? So right, right. He definitely probably did the right thing, whether it's the thing he wanted to do or not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to have to walk away, but yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's what I found interesting, like around that because you, you guys released like your first full length on. Well, I mean, it, it, you recorded it on your own, and then obviously hooked up with it was uh, I can't remember the name. Like, burning. There you go. Um, and so it's like around that time. It just, it seemed to me, it was really funny because it's like, you're, this is going to sound silly, but your sweatshirt preceded you. Oh, absolutely. Where the, the I mean, for anybody that obviously, well, there's a lot of people that listen to this show that aren't from Southern California, yeah. but, um, and I'm sure it's like this in a lot of other cities where it's like a band starts and kind of gets a following, but then they have a piece of merchandise where it's just like, <laughs> you see it, you're just like, where is this? Yeah, like, exactly. And so, we're talking about the move hoodies that of we're course, about. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, you, all of a sudden, you just started to see this, you know, this, for referencing this sweatshirt, where basically it said, move on the front of it, and it had stick to your guns on the hood. And, like, it was it was amazing on two parts. One, it was obviously really simple. And, we, I mean, there was a gigantic amount of text on the back of the lyrics, which is, I thought it was unbelievable, because it was just like, dude, literally, this is a font. Like, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. But the placement and the way you guys did it was just like, oh, like, it, people hadn't really done that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just so funny to kind of watch that hit and then all of a sudden be just like, like you would see like three or four of these pieces of merch at a show. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you, and I'm sure at that point, cause it's like, you know, your record come out and like, obviously that merch just did insanely well for you guys. Um, and then obviously, you know, things started to pick up from that point. And then that's at that point, that's when you guys were obviously touring on a more semi-regular level. Absolutely. Um, and so, like, how, you know, how did that, in your own mind, how were you reconciling the fact where it's just like, my God, like, this, people, people were probably buying that merch that could give a shit about your band in oh, a way. absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was like a fashion statement. <laughs> it was weird, too, because I had really not heard anything but negative things about it, but it was weird. On one hand, I'm hearing, like, okay, this, everyone hates this hoodie, right. but then I'm looking at the numbers of how many we're selling on this hand, I'm just like, <laughs> this isn't... Adding up, at all, right? You know right. I mean? Who like, is buying this? Yeah, yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, this fucking stupid, trying to be Bane ripoff hoodie." You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, all, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hear one good thing right. said about the hoodie. Right, right, right. But I'm looking over here, saying, "We just sold like a hundred in one day." You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, this is like, weird. Was, yeah, just so yeah. That that's that's funny to say. Another thing I like talking with you is that I don't have to like when I do other interviews and they talk about us growing up. I I, ch- I kind of try to like 
not bullshit things, but kind of just say things that will make more sense to them. But I, I like sure. the fact that we can talk about people, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Right, we right. We can talk about these little tiny little There's a context. We can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. cities. Like, I don't have to say, like, oh, from Orange County. We're in Orange County. And I have to say the most famous city. Like, oh, uh... <laughs> We're near Anaheim. Yeah, exactly. We're near Disneyland. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can... Right, right, right. So that name is. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we have these conversations. Um, and so the what I've always found it awesome about you guys as well, because you know, kind of going back to the whole, you know, whatever the hardcore purist that turns his nose at a lot of bands. Yeah. You guys now play, um, and I'm pretty much over your entire career, and I always feel weird when I say career and referencing a band, but I mean that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And so. Your entire career is you've always, you've played with typically, you know, whatever, metallic hardcore bands, and it can be a band like, you know, Winds of Plague to Suicide Silence, whatever. Yeah. To, you know, everything that's happening right now, Board of Osiris, all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you guys can play with those bands and be different enough to where you're stand out at a show and kids will be receptive towards it. Because it doesn't sound like all the other four bands in the bill. Absolutely. And so have, have you noticed that being, I mean, obviously it's been successful for you guys and that's kind of. Well, the, I think the reason why that works so well is because on a show like that, mm. we definitely use to our advantage um, the fact that we know that we're the token hardcore band <laughs> on the tour. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The same, it's the same way fucking uh, Terror has their absolute geniuses mm-hmm. when they go on tour with bands like Amir. Of course. You know I mean? That's how they keep their, you know, that's how Scott is 30 some odd years old and is still allowing the tour. Right. You know, it's because he's, he's not being a piece of shit about it. Whereas, you right. know, maybe if he was playing with despair, he might have been a piece of shit about it. But <laughs> totally. now that he's older and more mature and goes, okay, this is kind of how this game works. Sure. So I want to continue touring, which I love to, and I love doing his band. Right. I got to do some things like this. Sure. With Amir. So, and uh, Amir, which is some of the coolest fucking dudes. I love those guys. Anyways. Right. They go, they go on tour with Amir, and these kids are just like, what the fuck is this? Like, sure. this is the craziest, most in-my-face shit I've ever seen. You know what I mean? You put Scott Vogel in front of a 14-year-old kid who doesn't really know what hardcore is. It's like... Dude, that's and that, that that's actually the point I was going to make, is the fact that, you know, bands like you guys and Terror that do play in front of those kids that they don't... They're not familiar... They get into a band that is technically proficient, like all those bands we were naming, because it's yeah. like, you know, they are, it's like, wow, dude, you know, crazy blast beats or yeah, whatever. Exactly. And then they see something that's simplified, but insanely aggressive. Like basically it's like a gateway hardcore band. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so then that way you feel, you feel like you can obviously share who you are, what you've been into, what you've been in, like what you, what inspires you lyrically. And it's like, these kids aren't typically exposed to that type of stuff. Absolutely. And do you you get that feedback from kids too? Absolutely. There'll be kids like, I think what it is, is they just know that they like loud screaming. Sure. You know what I mean? And obviously, you know, the way, the thing that's going to be most available to them are going to be bands like, you know, like, uh, Slipknot, or even like you know, bands right. like Born of Osiris or shit, they or Suicide Silence. Yep, they see a hot topic at the mall. Of you course, know what I mean, so they listen to it and you're like, ah, and they just go, "Holy fuck!" Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, what this I mean? is aggressive. This will probably piss my parents exactly. off. Exactly, right? Absolutely, and uh, you know, this makes sense to me. And then you get a band like Terror, even like us, where I go up and say, "Like, yeah, we do the same thing, but this is why I'm doing it." Right? You know, this, this, you know, this is the things that I feel, and this is, you know, I'm very I try to be outspoken, very much about. The things that we read. Yeah, your mess. The messaging behind the band, right? Absolutely. And kids will come up and be like, "Oh, I feel that." You know, that's how I feel. You know right. what I mean? And uh, and so I think that with those two things together, they it, it automatically it sets you apart. Yeah, it, and it works very well because you know a lot of those metal bands, um, 
they kind of, I mean, not saying that they're boring because what they're doing is way more technically advanced than what we're doing. They play they're, circles around you. Absolutely. And, <laughs> but they're kind of just standing around. Sure. So, but, so the advantage that we have by playing, you know, are, are simplified. I mean, obviously, you know, we have parts that are. There is, the, yeah, there is talent behind absolutely. what you're doing. Right. You are cl clearly not just playing. I just want to state that just so Chris listens to this. He doesn't think that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm saying he's playing power chords or whatever. Right, right, right. Because he tries very hard not to just like, if something, if there's a riff that's too simple, he'll try to play the same riff, but try to figure out a way to make it complicated. Right, right. Put some bells and whistles on it. Sure, sure. Um, which is annoying, but also awesome. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, so we get to run around and, you know, we, and it's, I think that also, they're like, you know, it's like something to look at. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and the shit too is that now that I'm realizing with these, with these, with these other bands is like, I used to think like lights and like, oh yeah, scrims and all that shit. I was like, that shit's fucking whack and cheesy and shit like that. Right, like right. Banners or whatever. Sure. But now it's like, you know, these bands are spending their own money on this shit and offering these kids a show right. for a $25 ticket. Yeah. Instead of just standing on stage and just being like, hey, check us out for $25. So I, it's kind of like my, like I said, as I'm growing up and older and realizing other things, like, sure. I do think that bands who try to put on some sort of a stage show, I think right. that shit's fucking cool. Yeah, it's, it's respectable as opposed to, like, obviously the context in which you were viewing it previously was, yeah. like, okay, if you're, I mean, if you're playing at a VFW hall and you bring your ridiculous <laughs> banner, it's just like, you know, what are you doing? Like, knock no, that shit off. Absolutely. But yeah, if you're, you're playing at legitimate venues around the country, it's like, yeah, give them a show. They're going to a House of Blues show yeah. to see bands do something for absolutely. them. Absolutely. And we, and we, 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 we call certain venues banner venues and right. not banner venues. Like, we'll walk in and be like, this is a banner venue. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, This will stay in the trailer. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's funny. And, uh, you know, it's cool also having guys like uh, Josh James in our band now who played in Casey Jones and Evergreen Terrace or whatever. Sure. And then Chris from Walls of Jericho and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. There, it was cool, like just because the transition for them into the band was really smooth. Just right. they, they know, they know what's they up. Know, yeah, they yeah. know what to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I always make the joke to my friends, and I'll tell. Like, I don't know if Josh or Chris is in on this, <laughs> but uh, I, I call her. I call her. Like I, I refer to our band as like a pound, like, okay. or like a shelter. Oh yeah, yeah. For, uh, for washed up hardcore dudes. Ah! <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, you're like, hey, you, yeah, your band is not doing much right now. You can come over. It's kind of like what you were talking about before. You know, you you went in, you picked the old dog and the, and the thing. You know, that's yeah, you're kind like, of a... you're, you're an adoptable, but you still want to play music. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. that is uh, that is absolutely incredible. So I make that joke all the time, but obviously it's not true because they're right. You know. They, you know, they're still vital. It's it's not like they're rolling out in wheelchairs. You're just like no, absolutely. And it's like you know, it's almost like I know I'm not a wine person. I don't know anything about wine, but I know that the older the year is, the better it's supposed to be. So right. it definitely it's more in that sense than it is in the other one I just said. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You just it's obviously. always fun to joke. I I always call Chris an old man, right? Sure, you know, we always joke about that kind of shit. So, yeah. yeah, and it, like you were saying, like obviously once you started to tour, and like it, a lot of people don't get the perspective where it's like once you do start to tour you're going to have a lot of people that drop out of the band because Absolutely. I mean, some people experience that to a lesser degree because of, you know, whatever they've been so on board and focused with what the band's ultimate goals are. But it's, it's, it's very difficult to get five people on the same page. No, absolutely. And, and I think, I think the reason I've been able to stay for so long is because I never really gave a fuck so much as far as like wanting a place to live or, <laughs> or wanting a car or anything like that. Like even right. growing up, like, my high school years, it consisted of me going freshman year and then me not going anywhere. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, um, which is funny because I, my, 
my sophomore year, mm-hmm. I had this photography class that I didn't go to literally, I didn't go one time, mm-hmm. but I got my report card and it was a B. I got a B in the class somehow. I didn't go once, not once, <laughs> and I somehow got a B. Anyways, and so I ended up doing my, uh, not GED, but I did like Fresh Start. Oh, okay. Which basically I, I had to go to school once a week. Okay. And uh, they just said, here's the curriculum for the week, you know, do it. Oh, okay. You know I mean? Oh, I so you did finals. you finals. I didn't do any of that shit. So basically, after freshman year of high school, you did not go to high school, but you got your degree based off of yes. Oh, wow. So I'm a okay. high school graduate, but it's like you know, I did it sure in the way that I was like, once I found out that was a program, I was like, you're like, give this me is that. an option. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I yeah. went to the guidance counselor, and she was like, well, we don't just give any fuckhead this this. Uh, you know, this. I hope she said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a girl. I just give this fuckhead out there. <laughs> Um, so I had to prove that, you know, because it's obviously a very, like, you have to be a responsible person. Yeah. Which at that time I definitely wasn't. Sure. So I had to get good grades for, she's like, get good grades for your next couple of things. Like, do good on the next couple right. of tests. And they'll prove to me that you can do this. And then finally I signed off, took it home, had my mom sign it. And, uh, you know, I'd been kicked out of my house a couple of times. And I was actually living on my own in Laguna Beach in some apartment sophomore year. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Which is weird. I, I, for some reason, I was always the dude who was like, I wanted to grow up real quick, you know what I mean? Like super, like I didn't want to wait. Like I wanted to fast forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I was just living, you know, I was living on floors and I was doing living on my own at all these places, and and uh, but it's weird now that it's like the band has now gotten me these things that I don't ever really care about, you know? I like have my own place now, right, right. You know, and I've never in a million years imagined. So I think the fact that I never was really focused on like. Oh, I can't go on tour because you know I'm supposed to be an upstanding citizen, and, right? You know these practical things that you're supposed to vote, walk. And, you know, and jury duty or you know, right. job and all that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was kind of just like, but it wasn't me. Like it was kind of just me being lazy. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want any of that shit, anyways. Right. So it's right. kind of like there was only one choice for me. Okay. Make this thing work. You know sure. what I mean? So. So like as you so as you started a tour and that well I mean why like why were you kind of kicked out of your home if you mind me asking oh no it was just like it was I was really getting along with my mom like I, I don't know what it was I think I was just a lot of butting heads and yeah yelling I, was and, very, I was super just angry for no reason whatsoever which I think is the reason why I'm doing this music that I'm doing and it gives sure. me a great outlet for it you know what I mean and also telling my mom hey like. I'm not going to school I'm going to go on a tour with this band you know right. what I mean and then she hears the kind of music it is it's like. You know what I mean? Obviously, from my mom's standpoint, it's like, okay, well, what? No, yeah, what? You're not doing that, right? You know what I mean? And this, I was like, is, this isn't a good end game. Yeah, and sure. I was, and I was very much like, oh, you say I'm not doing it, so now I'm for sure right. Doing it. You know, I'm going to prove <laughs> if you think that I'm wrong by doing this, I am going to prove you wrong. Well, it's not even me trying to prove it wrong; it's just me saying you're saying I'm not going to. Right, well, I'm going to. Got you know it. what I mean? More of sure. just me just going against anything that right. she said. And, so I was living on my my friend Matt's floor and, and stuff like that, and I got a job at a smoothie place. Okay, yeah, you were just making making yeah. ends meet, and while you were doing that that fresh start thing, and yeah, you, yeah, exactly. okay, got exactly. it, got it. And um, so uh, the smoothie place, I remember, I would work from open to close since I wasn't going to school. <laughs> You're like, I got time. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would take all these checks, and I would en- actually end up buying my own tickets for, you know, we'd like pay to play. Of course. Sell our own tickets. So I would just buy all of my own tickets, spend all my money on it, since I didn't, I had nothing to spend money on. Right. I was living in my friend's house. Sure. Um, and I would just give all the tickets away. You know what I mean? So we'd play hoagies, and then there'd be a bunch of people there for free. <laughs> Interesting, you know, free yeah. Show or whatever, you know? So it ended up, I think things like that ended up working in our favor, too. And uh, Wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because usually, I mean, people, I, don't they... People would never recommend doing pay-to-play shows because obviously it's a terrible experience. Oh, but you were just like, 
Well, this is what we had to do. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have so much disposable income, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I got 500 extra bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I would get like a $600 check and be like, oh, that's how much all these tickets are? <laughs> Fuck it. Here, you know what I mean? Like, that's I remember incredible. one time I actually signed over to Eric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Signed over one of my actual checks. Like, I didn't even have cash. I was like, fuck it, here. You know what I mean? Like, That's incredible. Like, here's my paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Take it. And then I just, like, went and handed out tickets to everybody, so... Uh, yeah, no, I could see where that would obviously, like, you know, they would see the fact that, oh, wow, like, there's there's a lot of kids showing up, and yeah. granted, you know, no one has to know that they're free tickets besides you and the rest of the band. And yeah. Like, yeah. And, of course, he did his, his whole, like, schmoozing thing. Of course. Be like, you know, hey, man, you sell all your tickets... Memory Never's here next week. Yep. You know, we got you on that show. And then, yep. actually, it took about eight times of him promising things like that for him to actually do that. I remember Remembering Never was our very first, like, show there. Yeah. 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 Show. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That's interesting. It went very, it went very, very well. And it just, it just worked out. And it's funny now, too, because I used to be very, like, when my brother would be selling his albums, I'd be like, dude, that's not punk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, anything, yeah. Like, anything for money. Right. My brother used to give me shit all the time for trying to be like, oh, oh Mr. Punk Rock over here because I would just try to be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just that kind of dude. Right. So, and I brought that mentality all the way up even like until pretty recently, you know what I mean? Where sure. Now, but now it's gotten to the point where it's like money matters. And you know, I'm a 24 year old person like, I have two dogs that you right. Know, you, they're they're a respo- You're responsible for some of us at yourself. Absolutely, you know right, I mean? right. So like, money has become important. So that's that's been a new thing for me to uh, kind of um, wrap your head around. Not even wrap my head around. I mean, yeah, definitely wrap right. my head around. But uh, to allow myself to be okay with it, you right? To I mean? like reconcile yeah. that you're feeling your your teenage angst with like what you're going through with that and being like. I and just yeah, because I've been handed some stupid amounts of money sometimes. Like I mean, stupid for me, right? You know yeah, I mean? dude. Yeah, six hundred dollars like, is stupid for you. You're like, well, you're, you're fucking paying me to work in this movie place, like no, whatever, right? No, absolutely. So it's like, you know, uh, when I get a check, like, oh, here's you know, for your publishing, or whatever, six grand. And I was like, what? What is that? Yeah, yeah. I'm like six thousand dollars. <laughs> fuck. You know what? I just right. automatically feel like an asshole. Like I'm ripping somebody off. Interesting. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. And it's weird. I don't know. It's this weird complex. Yeah, yeah. That I have built up in my head for some reason. You sure. Know, it's just like, you know, I feel like I'm becoming more okay with like, I think I've earned it. You know what I mean? Like I've we've worked so hard and yeah. done so many things. That well, you 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 always have to look at it from the standpoint. It's like as clinical as it sounds. It's like you are providing a service. Like and what you're doing isn't devoid of meaning, like, and hollow, like... That is another thing that I think is weird, because I just... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be playing a show, and, like, right before we go on stage, we'll see, like, if it's a, you know, a packed show, like, Chain, for instance. Right. And I just look at Chris and go, why are they here? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Why do they pay their money mm-hmm. to come in to see us? Like, it sure. makes no sense to me. This is... I'm doing something that I would be doing anyways, whether they're here or not. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, why am I making money off this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, This yeah. is fucking crazy. Oh, totally. And well, then we bring out and the show's fucking insane and I have the best time of my life. Right, right. You know, but it's just... It's always the whole money part of it gets really uh, sticky with me and weird. But yeah. But I'm be- definitely becoming okay with it now to where it's right. like, fuck, I need rent. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. just give me that Right, right. <laughs> I got, to, I got to take care of this. But that's interesting because it's like I, I think, kind of, in my opinion, like stretching from that is the fact that you know your your band has always been um, very outspoken about you know giving back in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Like now you're actually putting it into action with you know like giving you know whatever portions of proceeds to merch and all that type of stuff. Like yeah. you guys have continually done stuff, um, giving back. That and that inherently isn't built in to bands. Yeah, I, and I think that might be. I, this might come off in the wrong way, okay. but I think that might be a way of me justifying 
Sure. Like you, you like I can feel comfortable with getting paid, provided I'm able to do this. Absolutely. Sure. And and, and not not saying I don't care about the people that we're giving to. I'm not right. trying to do it just for my own like. <laughs> You're just like I feel better. pick a fucking charity. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I gotta give this three percent. Yeah. yeah, I understand. It's definitely just it's. I think it's super important, and I think I grew I grew up in a house like that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. my dad, um, he wasn't around all the time, but it was it was you know I. I he was in the Africa building bridges and the hospitals and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah. And, and doing, he was in Haiti and Russia and he was always, always doing this. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, when I said, when I was like, my dad wasn't around, it wasn't like that type of thing where it's like my dad's off getting drunk and, you know, doing this stuff. It's my dad's being responsible. Like, yeah, yeah. Making the world a better place. Literally. Absolutely. So, I mean, it made him for kind of a weird father situation, but a really good man. You know what I mean? Right. Which, you know, that's always, a, that was a weird, uh, kind of a weird line there. Sure. But, um, like you were, you were obviously you looked up to him because you understood that the work that he was doing was meaningful to other people. Absolutely. But then I'm sure you were just like, I wish you were here though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like definitely, my mom she raised us. You know what right, I mean? So right, I right, right. Like, um, they were still married at the time though. Yeah, yeah. They, we had, and they aren't anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's always just that's been in my 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 family for really interesting. Yeah, and and uh, you know we used to bring these. African, my dad would bring an African over, this African dude, the couple, he brought this guy named Julius over, who actually taught me how to play piano, and he just stayed, he lived in our house, and he was just this cool fucking guy. And sure, like an exchange student in a way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, he, and then my dad gave him a whole bunch of stuff to bring back to their tribes, and they have, I remember he sent us this video of, uh, start when that thing Bop It came out, remember that? Okay, and, yeah, yeah, And he sent one of those over there, and like, they were like... This is, they, this is a miracle. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, my dad brought him to Disneyland to see like the fucking like... Uh, show that they do on the water. Oh, dude! And he said at first he like jumped back and was like freaking out. He didn't know. He was just like, sure, he couldn't even comprehend. You know? No, I mean? yeah. So I think stuff like that. Like my dad would tell me those stories and like, that. that's the coolest, you know. And then he brought this other guy, Stephen, and his whole family stayed at our house. And he had Stephen get uh, his uh, d- uh, degree and all the stuff, and then went back to Africa and was, was able to utilize that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I think, yeah, that's just kind of a thing that was just built into me personally. And just, I think that was, yeah, that, and that, I was always taught that's important. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. important to do that. There's people who don't have, you know, you always hear like in like shitty movies or TV shows and the kid doesn't want to eat his food. Like, well, there's people starving. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you know, we, it was You're like, like, but that. you, they're like, they're sitting next yeah, to me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, you can say that and that means something to me. No, absolutely. So it was like, it was like <laughs> that, but. You know, my parents say that to me, but exactly, I got to witness it firsthand. And, right. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that whole thing. You know, like I run a blog, some kind of hope dot com. Yep. And I have like t shirts that I do, and yep. and, and and you know whatever. Um, I'm putting another one out actually for the, and the money's going to go to the uh, Orange County Humane Society. Oh, great! That where's that Irvine? That, that yep. uh, yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I just that's always been super important to me, and I you know and I, and something a conversation I've had with my dad too is like. You know, it's cool that he did all this work everywhere, uh-huh. you know, but I feel like, you know what I mean? I feel like it takes people in, you know what I mean? It's like, I could do all this. I could go there and do work, sure. but I come home and then still see all the fucked upness that's right. happening in my own. You want to localize it. Absolutely. Right. And I right. feel like if everyone did that, if everyone in their own tribe, so to speak, if Orange County is my tribe, sure, sure. there's people who did that and just said, okay, yeah, it's fucked up. It's happening in Africa and everything, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean... Not, and it's not to sound insensitive at all, but if, you know, those people took care of those problems and obviously they need aid and there's, of people, there's people all over the world do that, but it's like, we also need to worry about the things that we have, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, and not, not selfishly, but just like, this is like, 
this is what I feel like I can have a direct impact on immediately. Absolutely. And it's yeah. like, I feel like we're stepping over our homeless people to go feed somebody else. Sure. A million miles away. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. there's a guy right in front of your fucking door <laughs> who wants to eat too, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to say his life is more valuable than someone else. Totally, you know totally, I mean? so yeah, yeah. It's, it's more of just like, let, you know, you know what I mean? If yeah. Everyone just kind of took care of their own. Sure, it sure. Be, it would be... Do you still have Do you still have close relationships with uh, your mother and your father? Yeah, yeah, very, nice. very. And uh, you know, my dad, my dad's, you know, is great. He anything I need, I can call him right now. And be like, hey, I need a watermelon and a snorkel, and I need you to meet me here in an hour. He's like, all right, and you know, he'll be there. You know what nope. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Drop him a hat. He just does whatever I need him to do. So sure. But he'll, you know, and he does it to the point. It's to, <laughs> it's to the point to where it even like is bad for him like he'll 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 sacrifice his own stuff in order to absolutely right. sure he needs to be doing you know right. what i mean like let's say you know he needs to go get a new driver's license to dmv because he's been driving without a license <laughs> he can be in line at the dmv drop his shit and come do it you know what I mean? right like, right a good dad but at the same time it's just like he yeah. should be like hey you're 24 year old go fuck yourself <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah go yeah take care of your own shit right right <laughs> And do you, like how how have they uh, come to terms with the idea? I mean, obviously at this point now they you know you're a grown man yeah. and the fact that you, they feel like you can take care of yourself, so it's like okay, like he's yeah. completely fucked up. No, absolutely. <laughs> like so, how, how I are think they... this whole thing definitely surprised people, especially like I think for my mom, mm-hmm. um, it was very she was very like her family situation is a little bit fucked up. Okay, or as far as like as far as like they're. I, I, Is it difficult, difficult to, to put into words? It's not difficult to put into words. I just don't know how to say it without sounding like I'm talking shit on somebody. Sure. But I'll just say it. I, bet, I mean, fa- family situations are, are always so complicated. Absolutely. So. You know, everyone kind of wants to put up the void of, like, I'm the, I'm the big guy on campus. Like, check out my Beamer and Mercedes and check out the Rolex. You know what I mean? Of course. That's my, my, my family, my, my mom's side of them, you know, they, they had money. Got my, it. My grandpa and, and stuff like that. So that was always like their big thing, and like my mom kind of wanted to always, I think, portray this like perfect type of okay, family. sure, you know, almost like fucking uh, what's that movie? Kevin Spacey ends up getting shot. American Beauty, yes, yeah, yeah. type of situation, you know. And I was, and you know, and then there you got me who's trying to do this whole band thing, and I'm piercing my nose, and oh yeah, and, my, and then but even my brother started even earlier. Well, started even earlier than my fucking sister. Where, you know, she was piercing her nose and smoking cigarettes when she's 18 and she got pregnant at 18. And then you got, like, my brother who's, like, staining the bathroom blue because he just dyed his hair blue even though he goes to this fucking Catholic school. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. She's, for her, obviously, it's a nightmare. Oh, totally. She's for a like, bunch of kids who are just like, unless you're watching me, I'm going to do something fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do something you're not going to like. That's just sure. how it is. So right. I think she came to terms with, like, you know, this is my family and they're fucking perfect. You know what I mean? It's like... She saw the fact that I going all these places now and doing all these things. My brother saying doing all his shit. Right. She didn't have to worry about it. Saying, you know, that 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 I think was where she was. She was very worried. That that's well, you know, she's being a mother. She was worried yeah, yeah, yeah. and making sure. But at the same time, you know, she wanted us to be like this thing that we just clearly were not. Because obviously, I could see like, you know, my uncles and shit. They would they would pick on me all the time. Like, oh, you're vegetarian. And like, well, you know what I mean? Like of the whole vegetarian thing and the straight edge thing. <laughs> And then, like, you know, I got tattoos and I pierced my shit. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, it's like they don't, to them, they don't get any of that. No, yeah, and yeah. Especially when they're... And like, when you add it all together, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. If you were one of these things, I could maybe handle yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But they're fucking, you know, 
cigar smoking, beer drinking, meat eating, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Republicans. You know what I mean? And it's just like totally. Whew, we are complete opposites. You know, right. I love you, but you know, we're complete opposites. And I think you know when I was doing the whole band thing, they'd be like, "Oh, how's your band?" And, you know, that aspect. Oh, like yeah. Where yeah. I could just see it in their voice or their face, where they're just like, You're "Like you don't care." Yeah, absolutely. Not only do you not care, you just are like waiting for the day where it's like, "Oh yeah, I tried the band thing. Now I'm you know I'm working down at Costco." Or, you right. Know yeah. I mean? So oh, we told you. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like, um. But, you know, now I'm just like, hey, fucking look at my passport, bitch. You know right, I mean? yeah. Look at- <laughs> and you're like, look at look at these kids that have stick to your guns tattoos. Yeah. Like, this clearly is has grown into something, quote unquote, meaningful in anyone's eyes. Absolutely. So it's just, I think the thing that I brag to my family about the most and my mom likes to brag is the fact that I travel. Yeah. And, like, I go into these places of that course. they have never been to and will never go will to. Never you know to. what I mean? So right. it's like, that, I think, was the point where... Because obviously money, I don't want to say money doesn't mean anything to them, but right. it's not, you know, I'm not making millions of dollars. So right. they're just going to be like, oh, okay, well, he can support himself as sure. a grown man should be able to do. <laughs> right, you know right, I mean? right, right. So, yeah, so it's, that's the kind of the card that I get to play with, yeah. with my family on, on my, uh, on my mom's side. And then my dad's side, same, same kind of thing. You know, I mean, they're very, they're, my mom's side's Catholic, mm-hmm. like Irish Catholic, and then my dad's side's like Mexican Catholic. Sure. And just kind of you know, very conservative and like, this is, you know, you go to school, you, you know what I mean? And then, of course you, you need to fall on the assembly line. And if you fall out of it, then it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And I think because, you know, there's been just a lot of fuck like, because of like, I don't know, you won't, I hate to be like the economy, you know what I mean? But right. because of like things like that and like, <laughs> yeah. and you know, everyone's family kind of is situations kind of, I don't want to say falling apart, but like, I think everyone, even on my mom's side and my dad's side are starting to be more like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is just how the world is now. You know, right. I mean? kids tattoo themselves and right. they scream and can make money from it somehow. You yeah, know what I mean, like it, they've been so... able they've been able to adapt. Because I think that to me, that's one of the most interesting things about families is like when uh, kids are able to like not be you know burnouts and do something that is you know meaningful outside of what a family would sort of typically think is being successful. You Absolutely. know. Like that, that, that's when it breaks the mold and it really does, it it transitions them into a different train of thought where it's like, they're not going to treat, you know, the kid that they see bagging their groceries that has full sleeve tattoos, like you're saying, like, like, you know, like lesser of a human. They're going to be like, oh, like, you know, like that they won't, they won't have that thought immediately in their head. Absolutely. You know, so it's, that's, you know, that's cool. And, 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 you know, and it's like, it's the same thing you think of the fucking kid who smokes weed and is like a burnout, you know what I mean? That kid probably started a dispensary. He's a millionaire now. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. day and age, sure. anything goes. Right. And that's right. what I think is, you know, it's cool, but it's also there's, you know, it has its ups and downs. Of course, it, of course. Like, yeah, it's just like you know, I think these the way of thinking. Even just like I think we're so as technology progresses, we're like you know, it's it's like the the when I say they say, I don't know who. They right. Are. Yeah. They. Yeah. <laughs> the collective they. It's fine. Exactly. It's like as t- you know, every time we make more technology. Uh-huh. things get faster, you know what I mean? And to the point where it's just going to be like, and then we're just dead. You right, know right, I mean? right. <laughs> we just get so far ahead of ourselves. That, totally. So it's just, it, it's, yeah, anything goes. And that's what I think, like, uh, you know, even in politics, like, I think that we're, like, the whole, like, Republican, Democrat thing. Like, obviously there's other parties and of stuff like that. But, like, those are the main ones. I think yep. we're too far advanced for any kind of discussion, like, or even, like, God versus no God or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like everything is so just like, it's this or this, it's this or this. Yep. And, and I think now something that I'm realizing just in myself and my own self-reflection and self-awareness is just like, 
It's usually right in the middle. Yeah, there's, <laughs> I mean, that's there's right something that's the called answers. yeah. There's something that's called the gray area. Absolutely, and that you usually find the most truth within that. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because you know it's we don't we don't know. No, we don't, we don't know anything. <laughs> we don't know anything. That's that's the simplest way, but we, we kind of just don't know. For as much as we know, it's like uh, I was watching this this TED talk. That's where I get most of my information. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very intelligent people talking. Uh, Doctor David Eagleman is like my favorite one. Okay, he talks about this thing called possibilitism, and it's basically about he started his own religion as a joke, where basically he doesn't subscribe to anything. You know, okay. he, it's not. He was. He said, you know, it's it's not so much to me about whether the guy in the cloud exists or doesn't exist. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's 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 kind of just going and exploring because he's. I think I forget the number he said, but he says ninety percent of our known universe is what we call dark matter. What dark matter is, is shit. We don't know. We don't know. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. That's 90%. Totally. You know what I mean? So that's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? For how much he says we're sweeping a lot under the rug. We are. You know, you know, so it's just like the fact that people are willing to die for either, you know, fucking Republican, Democrat, God, right. atheist, you know, whatever it is. It's just like, that's fucking nonsense. And it's really for how intelligent all these people are. Mm-hmm. It's a very unintelligent thing to, Sure. To, to do. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I, thought, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. It's able to temper what you believe as a person and be able to, I mean, above all, it's just obviously to be able to put whatever you believe in a, you know, either a different light or in the light that you already kind of view it where it's like, okay, I, I, I see what he's saying. No, absolutely. And it's, I, and people, we get so, I feel like we get so, uh, uh, latch on to these things so hard for yeah. whatever. I mean, I understand the reason of why. I know there's a lot of people who like couldn't go on their life if they didn't have God. You of know course. What I, mean? Where right. I wish it didn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and it's like I said, all these people who, because I'll get emails like, oh, you know, you're doing the, you're doing the good thing. You're doing the work of God or Jesus or whatever. Like sure. with, with my, with my blogs or my shirts or me trying to do the giving back thing. I'm like, well, I could just say nothing back. I could just not reply, but I feel like I have to. You know sure. what I mean? Because I have to be like, I'm not. You know, and I'm, I'm not feeding this person. I'm not trying to feed this person because Jesus would do it. I'm trying to right. feed this person because that person is starving. You know right, what I mean? Right. And it's like, it's almost like, and I, I want to get more bitter about it where I'm saying almost like, it's almost a protest. Every if, uh, That person that's starving, if I'm feeding them, is a protest against God because the way I look at it, God took food from them. You know what I mean? It's like sure, this yeah, omnipotent yeah. being can do anything he wants. Why is that person starving? Sure. So in my protest against God, any God, and I'm not just speaking of Christianity. Right, right, people right. think, I, you know, that I get a lot of shit for it too. People think like, oh, well, if I was up here pre- preaching Buddhism, you know, you wouldn't give me so much shit. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I would. What are you talking yeah. about? Or it's like, if, I was, if I was up here, you know, uh, preaching fucking Islam or whatever. Right. You know, I would. Yeah, I, I I'm would not targeting one specific thing. This Absolutely, is, this is the collective religion, as it were. Absolutely, and, and you know, another thing I say is like, let's. And all, but one thing I did say to somebody who said that to me, I go, yeah, but it's like let's let's count how many wars were started over Christianity and how many wars were started over Buddhism. Sure. And <laughs> yeah. then let's talk. You know, some, how many people some look wins there. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, um, but you know, I it's weird because I, I get into a lot. I have a lot of Christian friends, and I go. I most of my emailing I do back and forth with Christian kids, like. Talking. And I'm interested, you know, I'm, I'm very much interested in, in, in religion. I think it's a crazy right. thing. I love you're not, you, you, you don't, you don't shut yourself down to the point where it's like, you, I can't have a conversation with you. Yeah. And it's not, and I don't even shut my point down to the, shut myself down to the point where I'm saying he doesn't exist. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm going to play the wait and see game. Yeah. Yeah. You know There's, what I mean? Right. Which, which, why that's not okay. 
in some people's eyes is beyond me. It's like, what I'm not snorting coke off of hookers' vaginas. or You know what? I'm not being this crazy, shitty person. Right. I'm, just, I'm not doing something that's really affecting how you are. Absolutely. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, and, and another thing I said, I said, I had this conversation with this Christian kid. It's like, well, you know what I mean? It's like, while you're having Bible study, there's people starving. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you guys, instead of, you know what I mean? I feel like Christians, sometimes I feel, my sure. opinion. Of course. That they put emphasis and importance on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you really want to do Jesus's work, quit fucking gathering around this book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just let's sum it up. Be a good person. Right. That's what it says. Okay. <laughs> sure. Just, there you go. Now Simple. Put it in the drawer. Close notes version. Exactly. Right. Close it. There's people starving. There's people who don't have homes. There's people, you know, it's like, go and do that. You're the hour that you guys are get together mm-hmm. every week or whatever it is that you guys do. Go and do that. Instead right. Of, well, I think what he meant here was, you know what I mean? It's just like, fuck, dude. Sure. And I feel like something like religion isn't allowed to have gray area. And and that might just be my own closed-minded, ignorant thing to it. But it's just like, if, if this Bible is the word of God, it's the word of God. And it's right. not, you know what I mean? It's not, there should be no gray area in here. It's, sure. It, it, you know what I mean? This it's is like, what it is. This yeah, is yeah. what it is. It's print, printed in ink, et cetera, et cetera. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, in Leviticus it says, you know, a man cannot lay with another man. Therefore, homosexuality is wrong. Well, in Leviticus it also says you can't plant two crops together. And if you do, you're supposed to be stoned to death by the whole village. Exactly. Or You, you know, can't work or, on. You can't right, have, right. Exactly. You can't have tattoos. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And it's like these are things that I try to discuss with the dudes in four today. It's like they're all covered in tattoos, yet homosexuality is wrong. In the same book it says both are wrong. Yeah. How come you're allowed to choose that one over the other? Well, you know, the uh, it says in the New Testament that some of the Old Testament could be taken away and blah, blah, blah. It's just this big fucking mind game of like, you know what? You're like, I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> and not only that, I don't care. Right, I like right. the part where it says like, Jesus, you know, did this cool shit for these people who didn't have it. Right. That's it, the part. G- Jesus is love. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. 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 I back that. So <laughs> preach that. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. And, and, when you when you get so when you get so bogged down in the details, you sometimes lose you know lose the forest from the trees. And sometimes Absolutely. it's like that's you know that's obviously when people are passionate about something. It's like you know would like we were joking about with you know your brother not being able to mix it up with the straight edge kids. And it's like you know ten years from now he would they would be able to hang out together and that Absolutely. would be fine. But yeah. your sixteen year old mental capacity is just like like that dude is a. Oh, I can't fucking yeah, exactly. believe that guy. Exactly. But that, yeah. They, you Which just... all those dudes are now sellouts. And, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. And it's like another thing Dr. David Eagleman says is like, there's a reason why there's not a big blossom of, of Islam in the middle of fucking Missouri. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's the same thing. You know, and that's another thing I say is like, I try to, I don't want to say preach on stage, but that's right. I try to say is like, don't be a victim of geography. Like, you think... You, you don't you don't see the coincidence in the fact that you're born and from a place called the Bible Belt and you believe the things you do. It's because the culture that's been poured into your brain. It's of course, like, I don't understand why that. Why you? How you can even deny that? Like if you right. were born in Indonesia that has the biggest um, uh, Muslim population, it's mm-hmm. like you probably wouldn't be talking about this white Jesus. You know right, what I mean? Right. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so like I can go on and on and on and no, I, I, not, you know what I mean? But it's just, I, I wish people would just, well, I, I think I, to kind of sum everything up, I think it's, I think it's great that you're obviously doing what you're doing and you're able to like have these genuine conversations with people because it's like, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're 24 years old, but you've obviously, you've experienced a decent amount and you, you've actually thought things through, which I think is different than a lot of other people. It's 10 hour drives, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I got all the time in the world to think. 
but I mean, but it's just it's it's good because it's like you're you're coming. I mean, and the perception of the band as well is like you know you're coming at it from a non-judgmental point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like it's like you're like I will share my opinion and I will you know I, I could be just as wrong as you could be. Absolutely. But you're like at least we can have a discussion about it and it challenges both of you, both you and the other person. Yeah, and 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 I think this I found I these. Fucking uh, this dude named Jiddu Krishnamurti. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Have you in our record, our new one and in our old one, he's the quote of like the old Indian man that everyone just automatically assumes is Gandhi. Okay, sure, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, oh, it's an old Indian man. It's Gandhi. Yeah, that's of course. The old, only old Indian that ever existed. Right. But uh, his, his name's Jiddu Krishnamurti, and he, he, he. I found him somehow on YouTube, and that was like the most emotional night for me in the entire fucking world. That movie Zeitgeist has a couple of uh, okay, sure. quotes from him in it and, and stuff like that. But he he's just like that's how he thinks. Is is very like uh, I, I'm just complete. My whole way of thinking is just plagiarizing him. Sure, <laughs> so, well, that, but that's yeah, yeah. And I so I have his books, and it's even people like Deepak Chopra and and uh, you know Rummy and, and all these things where Rummy has this great quote where he says, "Beyond all ideas of, of right and wrong, there's a field, and I'll meet you there." You know what I mean? Where I and I feel that to be very like he's. <laughs> That's just insane. I read that and I was just like, fuck, you're like, the most what? on point shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, you're you just like, it, it's the same feeling that you had when you saw a tattoo in your brother's friend. Yeah, absolutely. My my mind, it's like a door open, you know what I mean? It yeah, just yeah. exploded and it's just like, I feel that. It's just like, we don't want to, we, we're so worried about being right and wrong. So, yeah. Uh, let's just let's just talk about different ideas. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter. Oh, that could be right. Oh, this, oh, that would be interesting. You know what I mean? Where yeah. And that's that's basically what that dude Jiddu Krishnamurti talks about. He talks about self reflection, and, and you know, he, a thing that he said that I, that really stuck with me is that you know I think we we all live our lives like um, <clears throat> we are one drop in the entire ocean, but instead we should change our perspective of we are the entire ocean in one drop, and the things that we do and the things that are going on inside of us are complete just reflections of everything that's going on. So it's like if you see something that you don't like, for instance, you know, just uh, whatever it is, like um, anything, homelessness, sure. anything, that's actually something that's going on inside of you that you can change. Right. And it's the second you realize that and become self-aware, then you'll start slowly realizing these other, all these other things that are around you that you don't like start to, to happen and change. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, it's just that. And but even they sometimes get way too just like. I gotta close this book, man. This yeah, you're like, okay, this head, right. you know I mean? so, <laughs> you're like, I've gotten what I need out yeah, of that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 cool just to uh, explore that. And that's I feel like I talk about religion, I talk about Christianity all the time in the way that I just said, where it's just and Christians will come up to me and go, you know, you're you're like um, Jesus is speaking to you and speaking through you, you just don't know it. Mm. And I go, No, I don't think that's true. I think that like these people are realizing that you can still have these quote unquote Christian values. Which I call human values, right. <laughs> um, and not have to believe in God. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. I, you know, they're, anything that challenges their way of thinking, they just get oh shit. But it's almost like they agree with me, but they don't want to say they agree with me because that would also be them agreeing to God not existing in their minds, even though that's not what I'm saying at all. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So it's, it's this big fucking thing that I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go. You know. Yeah. Do this. It's it's fun what we were talking about earlier with the the old dogs. I wanted to say this to you. It's completely off subject of what we're talking that's about. That's fine. That's fine. But it just reminded me of it. Is uh, something I really want to do is in Montreal or somewhere. Sure. With a lot of land or something. Okay. I want to adopt all the old dogs from anywhere 
Just let them run. Just free. let them hang yeah, out. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, they're going to die. No one wants it. You know, that's why I was going to tell you it's so fucking cool to you that you wait and get the old one. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. It's like, Everyone wants the puppy. Absolutely. Totally. You know what I mean? So it's like, I want to get all just your oldest, shittiest, most fucked up right. three legged guy yeah. who's, you know, can't even. Barely die. alive. Exactly. Right. Just let him lay in a field in the sun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And chill out and let him die there. Here's some it's food. Here's sweet. some water. Absolutely. Man. Enjoy. <laughs> well, I, I hope sure. Stick to Your Guns is able to get you to that level where you can buy. <laughs> 30 acres, and I will come visit you on your dog farm. That would be great. That's the thing that sucks, I would love to do it here, but I don't think there's a single area of 30 acres left. Yeah, I know. That's true. <laughs> that isn't owned by the Irvine Company. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Thank, thank you very much for uh, <laughs> hanging out and uh, talking about a lot of shit. <laughs> The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. Hey there, all you lovely listeners. Let's dive into this latest release that is going to suck the life out of you in the best way possible. So listen up, because the Womanizer Next 3D Pleasure Air Stimulator, available from Pink Cherry, takes pleasure to a whole new dimension, literally. Imagine taking the speed and intensity of the original groundbreaking Pleasure Air technology combined with new Climax Control, so you can control even the depth of the airwaves. The 3D Pleasure Air technology offers a deeper, richer sensation that might just transport you to another universe of pleasure. The Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry, is the only toy that allows you to take complete control of your orgasm journey with fully customizable speeds, intensities, and depths. Made from soft-touch silicone, a fully waterproof body, and smart silence technology, you can enjoy pleasure anywhere, anytime. So what are you waiting for? Ditch the dull and enjoy unparalleled pleasure from the Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry. Visit PinkCherry.com and save an extra 20% off with code NEXT.